Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stanfield. I am Greg Sussman. What's happening, Frankie? Greg, hey, happy Tuesday to you, buddy. Crazy game last night between the Eagles and the Giants. I know a lot of people either suffered some bad beats or pulled out some miraculous victories because of that late flurry from Carson Wentz and Zacherts. It was a crazy one. Did it affect any of your playoff matchups? It did not affect any of my playoff matchups last night, no. Didn't affect me either. The worst one that happened was uh, us, unfortunately, going down to gym day the the night before. That was nuts. It was very bad. We didn't even know. But I'm sure many people suffered some bad ones last night. I was getting a lot of tweets. Mike Florio in our home league says, quote, I'm quitting this league. Too much fluky bleep. Repeat any of that, but yeah, he was up, I think, 13 or 14 going into the fourth quarter of that game, just going against Carson Wentz, super flex league, four point passing touchdown. And uh, yeah, I think at that point, Carson Wentz had 150 yards and a fumble lost, ends up throwing for a touchdown, throws for another touchdown on the last play of the game. It's especially bad because Boston Scott ran the ball down to the two, Miles Sanders had another rushing attempt, a chance to punch it in there. And then, of course, the Giants just do Giants things and leave Zach Ertz wide open. But some bad beats, Greg. Some real bad ones. Uh, yeah, so did you watch the game from an NFL perspective or just a fantasy perspective last night? Um, I would say most of the time I'm watching games from a fantasy perspective. But now, what do you got, Greg? So admittedly, I'm a Giants fan. You are. And, and, sorry. And, and I want them to lose. I want Chase Young. Right? Did you Ch- find yourself rooting for the Giants? Of course. You do. Totally. Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Things are going great in the first half. The swan song. It was fun, you know? And then the second half, the Eagles come back. I'm just sitting there very stoically on the couch, and Judy's just like like nervous, screaming for the Eagles. I'm like, we all know how this ends. You're fine. (laughs) No more. Stop screaming. If you've watched the Giants, a Knicks or Jets game, you know how these things end. So, anyway, it's fourth and one, right? So, actually, let me go back a little bit further. It's fourth and three, and the Giants own 30. And they punked it away. Now, I heard a lot of people calling out Pat Shermer, like, how do you not go for it? Like, what are you doing? What are you playing for? But for me, you're on your own 30. Like, I get it. 
fine. Next drive, of course, it went three and out, obviously. But um, minute and a half left. The Eagles are on their own 45. There's 40 seconds left. It's fourth and one. You, you remember this? Yes. It's fourth and one. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson sat there with his play sheet covering his mouth, right? And Pat Shermer sat there, like, looking around, like, what do I do? <laughs> because there's 40 seconds left. It's fourth and one on the Eagles' own 45. Yep. Shermer's petrified to call a timeout. And with 40 seconds left, in case Doug Peterson goes for it. Doug Peterson, he doesn't want to go for it. Because if he doesn't get it, the Giants have their ball on their own 45. So Doug Peterson's like looking at the play clock. He's like, wait, it's, it's even. So I'm just going to sit here covering my mouth and thinking, all right, let's just go to overtime. Just cover his mouth, cover his mouth. So what does Pat Shermer do, Frank? He splits the difference. He calls a timeout with 19 seconds left. Oh, there you go. Why not? So at that point, they punked it away. Shermer kneels, and the Giants never get the ball back. That's genius. Genius. So I have thought a lot about this exact argument with Jet Fan Jeff. And he said that Shermer made the absolute right decision of when he called the timeout. And I'm like, huh, what? Like, I didn't think it was just like an arguable point. Like, I was like, oh, this guy's an idiot. He's a loser coach. Kind of how you feel about Adam Gates, right? Like, he's just, he played scared. He got outcoached by Peterson. Like, he made a mistake. Sure. I'm an idiot. He played it right. I go, how did you, how could he play it right? Because if he calls a timeout with 40 seconds left, Peterson goes for it. And okay, well, if he goes for it, then he, he doesn't get it, and the Giants win. Or have a very good chance of winning. Yep. If he then punts the ball, the Giants get the ball back. Let's assume it's a touchback on a punt, whatever. Giants get the ball on their own 20 with 30 seconds left. Sounds great. But he thought that he was perfect because he forced Peterson to punt the ball. I go, well, he wanted to go for it. Why didn't, why didn't he go for it at that point? Well, if Peterson would have called the timeout, then he wouldn't have had any timeout stuff. The playbook gets closed. And now I go, well, I don't care if they, I don't care if they go for it. It's, it's fourth and one. If the Giants make one stop, they have a really good chance of winning the game. He goes, so you're afraid of overtime? Like, you don't think the Giants can make one stop? You think the Giants can make one stop, but you think if they don't get the ball in overtime? Like, like, but that's a coin toss, right? It's like, it's like a coin toss. Uh, why would I do that? A lot of the Chiefs and Patriots in the playoffs. Oh, and the Saints and Rams in the playoffs. Yep. It's a coin toss. He goes, but you just thought, if you're upset about that, how can the Giants stop the Eagles on one play on fourth and one? They go, well, I thought they were going to punt it. He goes, then he made the right call because he forced them to punt it. And we went around and around like this. And a lot of name calling. He thinks he's a genius. <laughs> well, uh, you can't be that much of a genius if you're a Jet fan. I I've learned that the hard way, Greg. Uh, but ultimately... Look, does, does it matter? The, the outcome for the Giants is ultimately what you want, isn't it? I mean, you want it's the chase for chase. You got you to gotta keep it up, Greg. You got to keep losing games here. We know that the Bengals are most likely going to have the top pick. You want to lose that game anyway. I mean, regardless of the coaching decisions, I don't think Pat Shermer is going to be back. Dave Gettleman probably going to be back. Start prepping yourself for Ron Rivera, Greg. He's going to look great in, uh, in the Big yeah, Blue. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to look great in Big Blue. It's going to be great. So I'm excited for that. Uh, yeah, so we, we shall see what happens uh, with the New York Giants. I don't think that Pat Shermer is the answer. Greg, I did want to open up the phone lines for anyone who is watching, listening right now, live. 
Want to call in? Let us know about sure, your big ahead, win, man. your go miraculous your victory, your bad beat, whatever it might be. Because I have a lot of people tweeting at me from yesterday that like the top seeds in their fantasy football playoffs got eliminated. We have to change everything to a free play. Why don't we just play rotisserie football at this point? 347-767-6614. If you had a big win or a bad beat, we want to hear from you here on the BFS. Absolutely. Get us in there. Call the BFS. Let us know what's going on in your fantasy world. Tell us next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Your fantasy BFFs, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman, are here. We're, we're willing to talk to you as well, Frank. Find out what's, what's going on in your life. Your problems, your needs, your wants. Do it all, Frankie. If you need a redo, do you need a redo from this past week? No. Lots, lots of crazy beats, man. A lot of people talking in the chat about how they barely won, how they managed to pull it off. It's just... Look, this is why we say this about the fantasy football playoffs, right? When you have a head-to-head element, all you've got to do is get into the playoffs. You never know who's going to show up. You know, Christian McCaffrey not showing up when you need him most or whatever. Like, crazy things happen. Players get hurt mid-game. We saw that a lot this week. Mike Evans scored a touchdown but got hurt. Josh Jacobs doesn't suit up because of injury. There are a lot of crazy things that happen. All you have to do is get into the dance, Greg. Get into the playoffs, and then anything can happen when you have that head-to-head element from a fantasy football perspective. Uh, but, Greg, do you think that all leagues should be changing to an all-play format so that, you know, there, there are no bad beats, there are no losers in fantasy football, Greg? No, Frank. No, I do not. Well, like... There's always going to be people that complain about something, right? So I go on Twitter today, I see a bunch of fantasy analysts complaining about, oh, well, I had this bad beat happen, I had this happen. Look, you know what comes with the territory of playing in a head-to-head format in fantasy football. I mean, this is like what I was saying before the break. If you don't want to suffer these bad beats, then play rotisserie fantasy football, right? I mean, that's supposed to be the mark of the best fantasy player, right? Fantasy baseball uh, roto leagues, they accumulate all the stats from the course of the season and the best team ends up winning. If that's how you want it to be, then why don't you play a roto football league, right? Or play in the high stakes leagues. If you're playing the NFFC, I'm playing in an NFFC playoff right now. The top four teams from the league throughout the course of the season, it's the top record, and then the three highest point scorers after that make the playoffs, and then it's a free-for-all. Whoever accumulates the most points from weeks 14 to 16 wins the league. If that's how you want your league to go, then that's perfectly fine. You need to set that up through, uh, before the season starts. You know what the rules are going into your fantasy playoffs. You can't complain once it happens. Do you see people complain when they win by 0.1? No. I mean, these things even out, Greg. I know a lot of people are going to say, no, but this always happens to me. You know what the head-to-head element is in fantasy football. Stop complaining about it or change it before the season even starts. It's just, it's frustrating to me that people are, you know, they're always going to complain, well, let's take defenses out of it. Let's take kickers out of it. There's too much of a luck element. I mean, 
all right, why don't we just completely change the way we play fantasy football, Greg, so that we can appease everybody? It's kind of like my get-off-my-lawn old man moment. Sounds like it. A little participation trophy. <laughs> EY, what do you think about this? I made it. He made it. He's here. The IT technician himself, Eric Young. So, I'm usually pretty good with this stuff. I mean, I, uh, I consider myself uh, not smart, but, but very clever. Um, realizing that I have never had my uh, laptop serviced ever. Uh, I've never wiped anything off of it or cleared anything off of it. And I've probably had it close to 10 years. So, might be time. Well, we just talked to Frank, actually, EY, this week. So, restart his computer. Yeah, I didn't I shut did down my that. computer now since I got working. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe that's what it needed. Uh, I think it's, it's past that. Uh, my internet should be very good, and it, it, it's not. It doesn't have the strongest signal. Sometimes I drop out when I'm on this show. But uh, I'm in full agreement with, uh, with Frank. Like, everyone knows that the rules are clearly stated. Before you draft, before the team is is loaded in, you know it. There is no advantage or disadvantage for any one person. It's completely even across the board. Crazy stuff is going to happen. Look at I, I know I've shared this story on the show. Uh, I got beat in the semifinals by a player named Rock Cartwright. Mm-hmm. Who is that? You ask. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, crazy stuff happens. I mean, ten tight ends, unnamed tight ends, caught touchdowns this week during the playoffs. It's a wild game. It's chaos. It's 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 crazy. If you want real craziness, try fantasy hockey. This comes with the territory, Greg. It, there, it's yep. fantasy football. We study it year round. We you know take in as many stats as we possibly can oh, to, to give ourselves an advantage here. But ultimately, you can only do so much. Like there, there's a skill factor. There's a luck factor. You know, as much studying as you're going to do, even the best. Fantasy players, even the people who study more than anybody else, are going to suffer bad beats because of a luck factor. And that's going to happen in the head-to-head element. And I don't have a problem. If you want to change your league to an all-play element once you get to the playoffs, that's fine. You know, discuss it in the offseason. If that's the route that you want to go down, high-stakes leagues, like I mentioned, the NFFC, that's how they play out. It is probably the fairest way to play fantasy football. I won't dispute that. But for everyone who is crying today about, oh, well, I had the most points all season long, and then I suffered a bad beat in the playoffs. Who cares? That happens in the head-to-head element. So ultimately, Greg, uh, I don't have any you know pity for anyone who might have lost that way. I don't feel sorry for you. This goes back to a bigger problem, which we probably shouldn't get into, uh, just in society today where everyone's going to cry about, you know, things that they don't like, and they're going to try and get their way about it, you know, you know participation trophies and all that, like, I don't know, man, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, Greg, but this is part of a bigger problem where everyone just is trying to be in control. Sometimes you can't be in control, Greg. Things are going to happen that are, you know, outside of your control. And, and, you? and again, that's that's my uh, that's my Gabe Morrissey get off my lawn rant segment of the day here, Greg. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. That, that, that was great. Um, can we move on? Sure. Because, Whatever uh, you want to do. I just want to talk some waiver wires, man. Like, sure. I, like I'm in my playoffs. EY is in his playoffs. You're in his playoffs. I, I can't hear any more get off my lawn rants. I need to know what quarterback I can start this week because my man Matt Ryan is in San Francisco and I'm finally jumping off the bandwagon. Maybe I'm finally jumping on the bandwagon, Greg. Oh, yeah? No Richard Sherman. You, you jumping isn't, in? Isn't this the time to, to appreciate Matt Ryan? They throw the ball more than anybody else in the NFL. 
You're really going to turn your back on him now that there's no Richard Sherman? Yes. Isn't this the time that you would want to use Matt Ryan? No. You've been the Matt Ryan guy. I'm out. You can't turn your back on him now. Watch me. All right. I'm out. What happened to loyalty, man? Uh, n- there is no loyalty in fantasy football, Frank. That's how you lose. There you go. There's no crying in fantasy football either. Or at least I thought. So who are your options? So You let me know. I'm glad you bring that up. <laughs> so the top two options, I believe, on most waiver wires are either Minshew Mania or Ryan Fitzmagic. I would love a little Fitzmagic in the playoffs, you know? Both have really good matchups this week. I believe both have really good matchups in week 16 also. So Fitzmagic, if you're riding him into a playoff victory, you got the Giants this week and the Bengals a week later. And then... For the Jacksonville Jaguars with Minshew Mania. You got Gardner Minshew this week in Oakland. You follow that up in week 16. You're facing off in Atlanta. Two solid out, two solid spots for these quarterbacks, Frank. Yeah, I think both are definitely in play as streams. It just comes down to how far do you want to go. There are a bunch of quarterbacks with tougher matchups this week. And, you know, a lot of the times when we get this far into the fantasy football playoffs, we tell people, Greg, go with the players that got you there. But you also have to take the matchup into account. If it's a really bad one, you might want to get away from that player. And look, Aaron Rodgers is at home against the Packers. Typically, he plays uh, against the Bears. Typically, he plays better at home, but the Bears have been very tough on quarterbacks all season long. Dak Prescott is at home against the Rams. The Rams have a really tough secondary. They've been really you know, strong against quarterbacks since they have acquired Jalen Ramsey. So you know, those are two examples where you might want to go in a different direction. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Look, Gardner Minshew did not look great last week against the Chargers. The Chargers, also a tough matchup for Kirk Cousins in Week 15. But the remedy for that is going up against the Oakland Raiders secondary. They are very... Very bad, Greg. You know, they're amongst the league leaders in points allowed against quarterbacks this season. Uh, They have allowed 30 passing touchdowns this year. They have also allowed the most 20-plus and 40-plus yard receptions so far this season. And then the Giants defense. Look, we saw that secondary collapse late last night against Carson Wentz. And Fitzpatrick now playing back-to-back games in MetLife Stadium. He's making plays with his legs. Their defense is terrible, so that's going to lead to volume for him. Uh, So I think both of these quarterbacks are in play. EY, I'll bring it up to you. Gardner Minshew at the Oakland Raiders or Ryan Fitzpatrick at the Giants? Which one do you favor? Uh, I probably would lean uh, Fitzmagic. Uh, he's someone that, that that has been good in the last few weeks. Um, this is It's funny that this comes up, and uh, I have to make a decision between Ryan Tannehill and Fitzmagic. I got them both. Um, I think I'm going to start Tannehill because, like you said, he's been great. Go with who you want. I want to win with Ryan Tannehill as my quarterback. He's looked great. Titans look great. Playing Houston, it's going to be a wild game. Let's go, Titans. You got to go with Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, man. He's your boy, and he's hot. Stick around. We got running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. We got a lot more coming your way here on the BFFs. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Are you ready for the nation's first and only... Put your money where your mouth is. Take a shot by opening up a sports wagering account with FanDuel. 
New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you receive a free bet of up to $500. It's a free bet of up to 500 bucks when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Points bet. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college or pro sports. You're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid and open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over, New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. We want to welcome everybody in watching on the Sports Grid Network, Sports Grid TVs, our Instagram handle, and check us out, Pluto, channel 517. Frank, EY, Greg, we're going over the waiver wire for the quarterbacks. Anybody else out there, Frank, quarterback-wise, you don't like Minshew, you don't like Fitzmagic? I saw that Mitchell Trubisky over the past five weeks, sure. Greg, is sure. QB5 in fantasy points per game. It is a tougher matchup against Green Bay. I don't think that he has played himself into QB1 conversation, but I think if you play in a super flex league or a two QB format that Mitchell Trubisky has played himself into there, he has th- exactly three passing touchdowns in three of his last five games. We just saw him rush for a career uh, season high, 63 rushing yards pa- this past week against the Cowboys on Thursday Night Football. So Trubisky is playing better, and I think you could say the same thing about Drew Locke. Again, he's not in the QB1 discussion, but in a 2QB format, going into Kansas City, they have been better against the pass, but Drew Locke is playing well. He just threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Texans. So if you were struggling for that second quarterback and you had Drew Locke, I think that he has played himself into that super flex conversation. Greg, I know that you have the decision to make between Gardner Minshew, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I believe it's a one-quarterback league, so Drew Brees is available yeah. in your league. Yeah. Uh, but maybe just between Minshew and Fitzpatrick, who do you favor between those two? Uh, for me, I'm going to lean toward Fitzpatrick. I just feel like he's, all, like, he's just going to throw for five touchdowns on Sunday. I don't think Gardner Minshew could do that. Um, I know it's interesting because both quarterbacks are potentially without their top weapons, right? Devontae Parker has that concussion. DJ Chark uh, hurt his hamstring, I believe. So... Both these guys are in a tougher, a tough spot. I don't know. I just seem to trust Fitzpatrick a little bit more, but it's very even. I think that makes sense, especially because you know the Jaguars are going to try and get Leonard Fournette more involved. Exactly. While Patrick, our Laird and Savior, did play 82% of the snaps and had 19 touches this past week, Greg, um, the Dolphins are not a good running football team. I think that they want to throw the football, and the way to attack the Giants is by throwing the football. You know, the Giants have been better against the run. Leonard Williams has helped stop the run as well. Uh, still not getting sacks. You know, I could have told you that as a Jets fan. But ultimately, um, I think the way to attack the Giants is throwing the football, and considering the Dolphins can't run, the volume will be there for Fitzpatrick. When it comes to Minshew and the Jaguars, they are probably going to try and get Leonard Fournette uh, a little bit more involved than the Dolphins will try and get their running backs involved. I just realized that if I uh, pick up Fitzpatrick, I could actually start him and Patrick Laird and just go all Dolphins. All Dolphins, baby. Nothing ever went wrong with a Dolphins stack. Also, EY, shout out to your man, Devontae Parker, man. He made it this far, but... It's not looking good for him this week. He just suffered a concussion. So uh, hopefully Alan Hearns or Isaiah Ford can step up. Uh, you know, do you, do you have a beat on uh, another Dolphins wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a dart throw. I mean, it, it literally could be anyone. Uh, I, I would have liked to say, uh, was it Preston Williams? But he's not playing either. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a dart throw there at the wide receiver position. If Parker doesn't play, um, I mean, he should just. Take my approach and know that concussions aren't real and play anyways. Let's not do that. So the other thing, besides <laughs> the Miami wide receivers, Frank, that are down, Mike Evans is not expected to play the rest of the year. We spoke a little bit about this yesterday, which means, well, James Winston's got to find somebody else to throw to outside of Chris Godwin. 
You mentioned O.J. Howard on yesterday's show. Are there any of these wide receivers that could be worth picking up and, as EY said, make a dart throw at? Yeah, so Justin Watson and Brashad Perryman, they're going up against the Detroit Lions here, and the Detroit Lions have been a very bad defense all around, stopping the run against wide receivers. And Chris Godwin's going to see an uptick in targets. We know that. O.J. Howard, the snaps have been up for him, but... You know how that goes. You know, as soon as you start to buy into O.J. Howard, it's going to be Cameron Bray and vice versa. We know that Jameis Winston, assuming he's healthy, hopefully he is good to go. It sounds like he is going to be good to go playing through that thumb injury. He likes to throw the ball. They can't run the ball effectively out there in Tampa. So I am interested in both Brashad Perryman and Justin Watson. You know, I, I tweeted out earlier today, Drink, that the the red zone target leaders from week 14, Greg. And according to Pro Football Focus, Justin Watson had six red zone targets this past week for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Someone actually tweeted me asking, who the hell is Justin Watson? So he was a fifth round pick last year for the Tampa Bay Bucks. And if you check out his player profiler page, he is someone that actually tested out very well in the combine. Uh, he's he's another one of these Mike Gusecki types, Greg, where I fall for the speed score, the burst ability, the catch radius. He's a bigger wide receiver, but he only played on 55% of the snaps for the Bucks here, Greg, and he out-targeted Brashad Perryman. He had more receptions. He had 55 yards. He had all those red zone targets, and he scored a touchdown. If you want to look in-house for Tampa Bay, I think you can do that because of the matchup with the Lions, and personally... I prefer Justin Watson over Brashad Perryman. You're out of your mind. All right, let me go out to New Jersey. Yeah, John is on the line. What's happening, John? Hey, what's up, guys? How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. What's going on? Good. Um, so I don't know if you guys still do the fantasy court uh, grievances here on the show. I don't know if you've had anyone uh, recently, but I have one for you guys. Go right ahead. Um, okay, so uh, last week... I was the uh, for, I'm, I'm the first seed in the uh, in my in the league, and so I the per, per the commissioner, uh, the first seed goes up against the lowest seed. I guess that's how it is in, in most leagues. Well, you have a buy normally, but and, sure, yeah. Okay, and and so yeah, so there was no buy, so I had to play last week automatically. Okay, and so um, this week, this week it seems like you know I, I made it through the first week of the playoffs, and then this week it seems like. Uh, I'm up against the, it's actually the third seed. Um, and the second seed, which is the commissioner is up against the last, the, the last seed for this week. I, I hope I explained that correctly. Um, and so my grievance is, it seems like that, that, uh, that change was made for this week to benefit him, uh, for this week, because the matchup that I'm up against, uh, this week is up against, you know, Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Jones and all these top notch players. And the matchup that he has next this week, he's up against somebody who lost uh, Mike Evans and Devontae Parker. Now, this could be, this may, this may not be his fault. This may just be the bracket style playoffs where you played the last seed, la, the lowest seed last week, and then the team that moved on, maybe an upset on the other side of the bracket, something like that. Yeah, so this is something that you actually have to establish before the season, whether or not your league reseeds the playoffs. And this is something that we talked about, Greg, when you were bringing up your yeah. fantasy football playoff matchups. You need to establish this before the season. If you reseed your playoff seeds after the first round of the fantasy football playoffs, then the highest remaining seed will still play the lowest remaining seed. But if you do play bracket style, then you basically have all the seeds already laid out 
before the playoffs, and you know what the matchups are going to be based on whoever advances. So it'll be, you know, all right, you were the one seed, you played the lowest seed, but in the next round, you are going to play whoever wins between the two and the five or, you know, whatever it might be there. So that's something that your league needs to establish beforehand. I don't know if they did that or not, uh, but if they did and the commissioner is still changing it, then, yeah, I think that's where you would have uh, have a gripe with that. Okay, so uh, just to add a little bit uh, to that, because I, I did understand all of that, but the thing is, last week before the end of the uh, before the end of the week, the playoff week last week, he did mention that the um, that it would be a reseeding uh, type of playoff bracket in in a way, and so I should still be up against the lowest seed as of right now. Yeah, if you reseed your playoff matchups, then you should be playing the lowest remaining seed. I mean, absolutely. that's how absolutely. that's how I've yeah. always done it. Absolutely. I mean, I'm the commissioner of my home league, and that's what happened uh, this week. I mean, the one and two had their bye weeks. I just set up my playoff matchups before we we came on the air here, Greg. And the number one seed is facing the lowest remaining seed, which is the five seed. So they actually upset somebody, and and now they are facing the one seed. So uh, look, if that was sta- established in your league, then I mean, you gotta bring that up with your commissioner and have everyone else kind of speak up in your league too, because. That's obviously not right. Yeah, it sounds acceptable. like the, commis- the commissioner is trying to uh, take advantage and, and give himself a favorable matchup. Right. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. I, you know, that's the verdict that I was trying to hear. <laughs> there you go. We give you the verdict. Oh, that's what we're here for. We uh, obviously you're helping, my man. All right. Let me get back to the waiver wire, Frankie. And we hit the wide receivers. Any other wide receivers outside of the Floridians they want to go out and grab? Oh yeah, so I didn't really speak about Alan Hearns versus Isaiah Ford, but sure. if you if you do want to uh, pick one Albert of those Wilson, up, uh, Albert Wilson, Albert Wilson, keeps going back to uh, Albert Wilson Same. here. But I'm going to look at the the snaps and the targets from last week, and Alan Hearns and Isaiah Ford uh, were up there in terms of targets and snaps from last week. Alan Hearns had established himself as the wide receiver two for this team without Devontae Parker. If he can't go because of the concussion, it looks like Alan Hearns will be the wide receiver one again in a really good matchup against the New York Giants. Uh, so that's it for the Floridians. I would probably favor uh, Alan Hearns uh, and then Justin Watson uh, and then Brashad Perryman, Isaiah Ford in that order. But A.J. Brown, Greg, I mean, and, and I'll phenomenal. let... Phenomenal. I'll let, you know, EY talk about A.J. Brown here. The phenomenal one. Look, we've been talking about this guy for a month. I don't understand why his ownership percentage is only 25%. I, I don't you know, I don't play in those leagues. He's owned in all of my leagues. But for whatever reason, EY, his ownership percentage is way too low. He has been a little bit inconsistent. You know, He hasn't put together two big fantasy games in a row. But he just reminded us what his upside was last week. And he goes up against the Texans where he should be able to have success. I mean, EY, why are people sleeping on your boy A.J. Brown? Uh, I feel like it's it's uh you know it's that early season bias you know it's it it happens in fa- in all fantasy sports I feel so you know people are very dialed in you know you're hyped about football partway you start to lose and you kind of like you kind of make a decision of what teams are good and what teams are bad and the Titans were were bad they were a bad bad football team with very poor quarterback play and that literally changed overnight when they started Ryan Tannehill. A.J. Brown is what everyone thought, including me, Corey Davis, was going to be. And he's a wide receiver that should be owned and should be played. They're getting it done. He's a beast and is scoring touchdowns every single week. Trust A.J. Brown. Also, just check to make sure Zach Pascal isn't available in your league because he's been great the past couple of weeks. I wouldn't expect Hilton back. Running backs, tight ends, and defenses. Next. 
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. All right, final 20 minutes, 15 minutes or so over the show. Greg, Frank, EY, hanging out. All right, we hit the wide receivers. Zach Paschal, A.J. Brown, obviously if they're out there, you go out and get them, no doubt about it. How about your boy Darius Slayton, Greg? How about my boy Darius Slayton? Going up against the Dolphins. Good. Yeah, he was was targeted down the field as well, so he saw a lot of those air yards. Eli still got a little something left in that arm. Uh, Where would you rank Darius Slayton amongst this group, Greg? You know, if we... Let's take Zach Pascal out of it because sure. I think he's like in a group of his own. He's probably already owned in your league. Uh, between AJ Brown, the Dolphins, the Bucks, Darius Slayton, and I'll even throw Russell Gage in that mix, considering the injury to Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I think I don't like Russell Gage's matchup against San Francisco. I know Russell I agree. Sherman's out, but they've been Ru- really tough against. I, I, I don't. I don't want Russell Gage there. Um, I think that for me, if you take Pascal and you take AJ Brown out of it, because they're too far and away above everybody else. Sure. I think he makes the case that Darius Slayton's above everybody else, <laughs> right? Like above Tampa guys, above Miami guys. I'd say Slayton's probably next. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's on the field. He's playing in their three wide receiver sets. It's it's him and Sterling Shepard on the outside. It's Golden Tate in the slot. Uh, Slayton just saw eight targets last night, 27% target share, 48% of the air yards. They didn't go to win the, in the second half for reasons I can't explain. It's, you know, it's the New York Giants, but uh, I would agree with you. I would put Darius Slayton ahead of all those other guys. And then I would, uh, again, I would rank it Hearns, Watson, Perryman, and then Isaiah Ford. Uh, EY, how would you rank the uh, the Floridian wide receivers, assuming there is no Devontae Parker and we know there is no Mike Evans? Uh, I, I'm just terrified of the other Miami guys. I think if I was forced to trust one of them, it would be Alan Hearns because I've seen him do it before. Um, Ford, I don't even know. Uh, Wilson was a bit of a sleeper before the season, but hasn't done a whole lot. Alan Hearns showed up, uh, here and there throughout the season. Uh, it's sad for me, um, seeing Parker go down to this, uh, past that. Mm, Geez, I don't know. What's it? Is it Watson in, in, in Tampa kind of showed up this week? Watson and Mike. No, no Mike Evans. And apparently Jameis Winston is the worst real life quarterback and the greatest fantasy quarterback of all time. I would say that's fair. It's a weird thing. <laughs> Four touchdowns, three interceptions, a rushing touchdown. It was the best. Whatever. He continues yep. to get it done for fantasy. Uh, yep. Maybe not for the Tampa Bay Bucks, though. Let me move on to the running backs. Let's get them involved, Frank. And, of course, number one running back, if he's out there, he's got to be DeAndre Washington and Raheem Mostert, right? Both of these guys uh, we saw dominate this past weekend. We'll see if Josh Jacobs doesn't play. We'll see what Matt Breida's role is. But you mentioned yesterday Raheem Mostert uh, dominated 60% of the snaps for San Francisco. Uh, if those guys are out there, they got to be your top two, yeah? Yeah, Raheem Mostert, I would say, is like Zach Pascal at the running back position. He's in a tier of his own, in my opinion. I saw this tweet from our buddy Nick Urcolano. Shout out to Nick. Big dogs got to eat. 67% of the snaps for Raheem Mostert over the past two weeks. 62% of the 49ers running back touches. 100% of their red zone carries. And 100% of their running back touchdowns. So, 
I think Raheem Mostert has uh, pushed himself into running back two territory. He is the guy to own in the San Francisco 49ers backfield. And then I do like Adrian Peterson as well. I agree. But I've got to put DeAndre Washington ahead of him because I don't know that the Oakland Raiders are going to rush Josh Jacobs back. I mean, they need this guy for their future. Obviously, you know, they've lost three in a row. They're kind of falling out of it here. And that matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars, man. You know, someone asked me this last night. Would I dare consider starting Washington over Robert Woods? in a PPR league? And the answer is yes. If Jacobs can't go, the Jaguars just allowed almost 300 total yards and three touchdowns to Chargers running backs this past week. They are that bad. And if if Jacobs can't go, DeAndre Washington is the guy. So, uh, yeah, I think he's just a notch below Raheem Mostert, in my opinion. Totally, totally agree. Adrian Peterson is next for me, given that Darius Geis is going to be out probably for the year with his MCL injury. So I agree. Listen, AP... The, the matchup, it's fine against Philly. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's fine. And AP, you know Bill Callahan wants to run the football. So I think there's nothing wrong with going with Adrian Peterson. Uh, Patrick Lair, my man, uh, we talked about him before. Against the Giants, that's good too. But I want to mention what Boston Scott did last night against the Giants. He played really, really well. Uh, mixing with Miles Sanders and JJ. He had a huge second half. Uh, we'll see if Jordan Howard's available next week. But Boston Scott, EY, what did you think of his performance last night? And what could he do this weekend? Yeah, and I feel like this is kind of what uh, Philly's been all year, right? Like, we're thinking that Sanders is going to break out week four, week five. That doesn't really happen. Jordan Howard looks amazing, which, I mean, I don't think anyone would have predicted. Darren Sproles is there. Now they got Scott and Ajayi. It, I mean, it's a mess fantasy-wise. You're just kind of guessing. Um, in a couple of my leagues, I have been leaning on Sanders, and he's been okay. Not what I thought he was going to be. That offense is, is a bit of a letdown. Uh, and I feel like when Elshon Jeffrey isn't in the lineup, and especially him and, and Deshaun Jackson, the offense just sputters. And I think they're going to lean more on the running game because of the wide receivers they have left there. But, I mean, it is even more of a dart throw than New England, I feel, at this point. There's so many backs, and, I mean, each week, take your, take a guess, because I don't have any idea what's going to happen. Yeah, and there's a chance that Jordan Howard could be back in Week 15 yep. as well. It's a good matchup going up against Washington. We just saw what Aaron Jones did, had a monster game against him, but I'm with EY here, man. This is a tough one to figure out. If Jordan Howard is out of the mix, then I think Miles Sanders is still in that RB2 territory, and then maybe you, you bump Boston Scott up to a flex option. But he did play well last night. You know, 10 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown. He had six targets. Uh, but I think a little, bit, a little bit of it was fool's gold too, Greg, because Boston Scott was dealing with those cramps. You know, if he was 100% healthy, does Boston Scott get all those snaps? And then I think once he started playing well, they just you know kept going back to the hot hand. But ultimately, if Miles Sanders is healthy for that entire game last night, do they really give Boston Scott this many snaps? I do question that. I completely agree. We've been doing this Doug Peterson thing for a while. You've called it out. It very, looked very like well. Miles Sanders was really taking over. It was like three straight yeah, weeks oh yeah. in a row, over 80% and of the snaps. Didn't. And then, of course, I rank him inside my top 12, Greg, and Doug Peterson's like, nah. We're going to make you look stupid, Well, Frank. he wasn't nearly effective in the first half, which is why they turned no, Boston Scott, obviously, in that second half. Um, you mentioned uh, on our show sheet here, Chris Thompson, uh, in that same game against Philadelphia, uh, with no Darius guys, you ex- I just assume you expect the old Chris Thompson back playing all these third downs. Yeah, look, he just led the team in targets and receptions a week ago with Washington. We know Dwayne Haskins doesn't necessarily want to push the ball down the field and take chances. He wants to throw short passes. He wants to check it down to his running backs. And Washington will likely be playing from behind against Philadelphia next week. It's really hard to say at this point because the Eagles have been so, so, so bad. Uh, I don't know that you can really expect them to play with a lead against anybody right now. 
but I would expect Chris Thompson to be involved. So if you are in a deeper league, in a PPR league, uh, I think that the targets and receptions will be there for Chris Thompson. Let's move on, gentlemen, to the tight end position where it doesn't feel as gross as normal. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's probably, it's probably pretty gross. All right. <laughs> um, but Mike Gusecki's out there. He's facing off against the New York Giants this week. The New York Giants uh, don't know how to cover tight ends, as you saw multiple times last night. So just saying, if Gusecki's out there and yet you weren't happy with last week, go right back to him. Is that something you're doing, Greg? Oh, I don't own him. I have Jack Doyle. I'm going oh, all right. Him. So you're going back to Jack Doyle, yeah. which you should do. I mean, don't get scared off of Jack Doyle if he let you down last week. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Gusecki... We thought last week was going to be a good matchup against the Jets. He didn't come through there. So, look, when we talk about these streaming tight ends, it's a lot of these guys look like they're in good spots, and normally, you know, it seems that way, but that's why this position is so hard to figure out. You never really know who's going to show up. I will throw O.J. Howard in that mix because the snaps have been up for him. The targets were there last week once Mike Evans went out. And most importantly, Mike Evans is out. Mike Evans is out, yeah, and, and look, they're going to throw. They just can't run the football in Tampa Bay. So I think O.J. Howard is back in that mix. And then, EY, I'll throw a few names your way. Ian Thomas going up against the Seattle Seahawks, who have been shredded by tight ends all season long. If Mark Andrews can't play, it's it's a short week here on Thursday night. I think Hayden Hurst is in play against the Jets. Lamar Jackson likes to throw to the tight end. And then David Njoku against the Cardinals. They are that bad against the tight end. So uh, between Thomas and Joku and Hayden Hurst, you know, which streaming tight end would you lean towards here, EY? If Andrews doesn't play, I think I'm going to go with Hurst. Uh, a lot of times we see on Thursday, uh, they simplify the game plan because they don't have as much time to prepare. We know Lamar Jackson likes throwing to the tight ends. Uh, Hayden Hurst, if Andrews even suits up, might might be above those guys because we don't know what we're going to get. I can't trust Baker Mayfield uh, or David Njoko hasn't played football in weeks. Um, so yeah, out of that group, I would go Hayden Hurst. Uh, and I think even if Andrews plays, that's the, the guy that I would lean Ian Thomas is interesting. I think uh, he's gotten it done before when when Olsen isn't available, but that was with a different quarterback. Allen, I feel like uh, that run is it's is over. It's all about Tyler Higby for me, man. If Gerald Everett is out again, Tyler Higby is yeah. a wide receiver, a tight end one. He's in that conversation. He's been amazing over the last two weeks. This Rams team has changed their offense. We talked about it yesterday with Cooper Cup seeing less snaps. For me, Tyler Higby is going to be that guy at the tight end position uh, if he is out there and available. Um, I'm going to disagree with EY a little bit. I like Ian Thomas against Seattle. Seattle has obviously known uh, to not be great against the tight end. If Greg Olson is out once again, I like Thomas here uh, this week against Seattle. Um, and, like, and Njoku, too, against Arizona. They don't know how to cover tight end. So Hayden Hurst, the Baltimore guys, they're last for me on this list. Yeah, they wouldn't be last for me. I probably would still put Hayden Hurst ahead of David Njoku just because Njoku didn't play enough snaps. He didn't run a lot of routes last week. Only ran nine routes for the Cleveland Browns uh, in his first game back from injury. But they like to throw the ball to the tight end there in Baltimore. And if Mark Andrews is not there, we saw Hayden Hurst make a big play, 60-yard touchdown against the Buffalo Bills. And that was in a tougher matchup last week. The Bills typically are really, really strong against tight ends. So I do like Hayden Hurst. I probably would take Ian Thomas ahead of him just because the matchup is a great one. The Seattle Seahawks are allowing the second most fantasy points to tight ends. Uh, And Ian Thomas coming off a game where he just had 10 targets. It's dependent on Greg Olson not playing, obviously, but I don't think that they're going to rush Greg Olson back at this point, Greg. Um, and Tyler Higby, I mean, you're absolutely right. He's only 22% owned. you got to pay attention and see if Gerald Everett is going to play here. It might not even matter. Higby has really established himself here, and I think 
he has been a big factor for why Cooper Cup snaps have been down, Greg. They're running more 12 personnel. They have more tight ends on the field. You know, uh, they have those tight ends on the field mo- mostly because they want to run the ball more with Todd Gurley. We're seeing that workload up for Gurley the past couple of weeks. But Higby is doing a lot as a receiver now. Back-to-back games with over 100 receiving yards here in this offense, and the offense is playing well. So I don't really see why they would change anything as long as they are, are playing this good. Moving on to the defense, I mentioned the Seattle Seahawks do struggle against the tight end, but Kyle Allen also sucks. So, I like Seattle's defense as a streamer this week against Carolina. I think you go back to Philly's defense. I know they're beat up, but they're facing off against Washington. Uh, And Frank, I know you've been talking to me all week long about Kansas City Chiefs defense. Yeah, look, we spoke up Drew Locke earlier, but it is tough to still go into Kansas City that's going to be a loud, raucous crowd there. Uh, You know, this is a divisional matchup. These tend to be, you know, closer games. And I just think that, you know, this Chiefs defense is actually playing pretty well. They played pretty good uh, against the the New England Patriots a week ago, and I think at home they will have an advantage in their favor, likely playing uh, with a lead here in this spot, so we'll get some more dropbacks from Drew Locke, which could lead to more sacks and turnovers here for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I'll also throw the Cleveland Browns out there. Sure. I've been riding them the past couple of weeks, and Kyler Murray has been interception-prone the past couple of weeks. Yeah, you were actually benching Kyler Murray potentially in a league. Yeah, I have a super flex league where uh, I have... To decide who to bench between Garoppolo, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Kyler Murray. We spoke up Ryan Fitzpatrick earlier. Garoppolo's playing well. Good matchup against Atlanta. I might actually end up benching Kyler Murray here in the semifinals. All right, there you go. EY, what do you have going on this week? What are your matchups looking like? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, in the pit league. I'm up against uh, Forget About It for Gazis. Um, I, I really like my team. Um, I think I might have a weird uh, place where I have Hunter Henry and Gisaki. Um So it's like, do who do I start? Which way do I go? That's a, a difficult one. Hurts uh, losing uh, my man, Devontae Parker, but I've got McLaurin. I've got Golden Tate. I've got a, a bunch of guys there. Um, so i got to make some decisions and a bunch of running backs. We'll all Good make time this- to be a fantasy football person. We'll all make decisions together as a group, as a unit. Mm. That's what BFFs do. And we'll help all of you watching out as well. For Eric Young, Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sauce. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. Good luck on waivers. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Doug Peterson, he doesn't want to go for it. Because if he doesn't get it, the Giants have their ball on their own 45. So Doug Peterson's like looking at the play clock. He's like, wait, it's, it's even. So I'm just going to sit here covering my mouth and thinking, all right, let's just go to overtime. Just cover his mouth, cover his mouth. So what does Pat Shermer do, Frank? He splits the difference. He calls the timeout with 19 seconds left. Oh, there you go. Why not? So at that point, they punked it away. Shermer kneels, and the Giants never get the ball back. That's genius. Genius. So I have thought a lot about this exact argument with Jet Fan Jeff. 
And he said that Sherman made the absolute right decision of when he called the timeout. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't think it was like an arguable point. Like I was like, oh, this guy's an idiot. He's a loser coach. Kind of how you feel about Adam Gates, right? Like he's just, he played scared. He got outcoached by Peterson. Like he made a mistake. Sure. I'm an idiot. He played it right. I go, how did you, how could he play it right? Because if he calls a timeout with 40 seconds left, Peterson goes for it. And okay, well, if he goes for it, then he, he doesn't get it, and the Giants win. Or have a very good chance of winning. Yep. If he then punts the ball, the Giants get the ball back. Let's assume it's a touchback on a punt, whatever. The Giants get the ball on their own 20 with 30 seconds left. Sounds great. But he thought that he was perfect because he forced Peterson to punt the ball. I go, well, if he wanted to go for it, why didn't, why didn't he go for it at that point? Well... If Peterson were to call the timeout, then he wouldn't have had any timeout stuff. The playbook gets closed. And now I go, well, I don't care if they, I don't care if they go for it. It's, it's fourth and one. If the Giants make one stop, they have a really good chance of winning the game. He goes, so you're afraid of overtime? Like, you don't think the Giants can make one stop? You think the Giants can make one stop, but you think if they don't get the ball in overtime? Like, like but that's a coin toss, right? It's like, it's like a coin toss. Uh, why would I do that? A lot of the Chiefs and Patriots in the playoffs. Oh, and the Saints and Rams in the playoffs. Yep. It, it's a coin toss. He goes, but you just thought, if you're upset about that, how can the Giants stop the Eagles on one play on fourth and one? They go, well, I thought they were going to punt it. He goes, then he made the right call because he forced them to punt it. And we went around and around like this. And a lot of name calling. He thinks he's a genius. <laughs> well, uh, you can't be that much of a genius if you're a Jet fan. I- I've learned that the hard way, Greg. Uh, but ultimately, look, does, does it matter? The, the outcome for the Giants is ultimately what you want, isn't it? I mean, you want, it's the chase for chase. You got you to gotta keep it up, Greg. You got to keep losing games here. We know that the Bengals are most likely going to have the top pick. You want to lose that game anyway. I mean, regardless of the coaching decisions, I don't think Pat Shermer is going to be back. Dave Gettleman probably going to be back. Start prepping yourself for Ron Rivera, Greg. Gonna look, he's going to look great in, uh, in the Big yeah, Blue. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's, it's going to look be, great in Big Blue. It's going to be great. So I'm excited for that. Uh, yeah, so we, we shall see what happens uh, with the New York Giants. I don't think that Pat Shermer is the answer. 